Ah, my podcast people. How are we today? How are we today? It's a beautiful Tuesday and uh, back in the car. And you're here for another installment of Talk Insane in the HOV lane. Here we are. Um, so a lot of you people might think that I've been selling out recently. Um, yes, we've hit the social media sphere. People are posting about us. Um, but I want to let you know that I'm not going to change. I'm going to be the same person. I'm going to be entertaining. I'm going to be uh, talking basketball. And I'm not going to hold any opinions back because we've hit the critical masses. And uh, so just wanted to let everybody know that and kind of ease some minds. Um, but with great popularity comes uh, some bad things, too. And what I mean by that is... Uh, it looks like what it looks like we've hit the critical mass where we're gonna start having some trolls, and now I've got to pay the troll toll. Um, I'm not gonna call this person out by name, but um, I think what happens is people, when they see you doing well, they try to rain on your parade, and um, they try to start calling you out to get their podcast more popular, and you know or whatever they're doing. And in this case, somebody called me ass trash and, you know, I'm not going to give that person shine. Uh, but I hear you. Uh, it hurts my feelings and, uh, we're moving on from that. And just for all you people out there that think fame is this great thing to attain, there's negatives to it and it hurts your feelings, but you move past and, you got to remember why you're doing this. And this is a podcast for the people, uh, by the people. So uh, with that said, we're going to move on and we're going to talk a little bit about what, we're, what, what our topics are for today. So we're going to start off with a little Seinfeld thoughts. Going back to that name, the morning piss didn't, didn't get my uh, juices flowing. Uh, so we're going to go back to Seinfeld thoughts, uh, talk a little bit of NBA reactions, things that are going on in the league, uh, some snubs maybe i don't know and then we're talking nba big picture some thoughts about uh you know the all-star game and then about some of the teams that i've been watching recently where i just watch them now and it clicked and i get it and i know why they're struggling and i know why it's happening i wanted to run that by you guys and get your thoughts but first our sponsors Stat of the day is actually brought to you by Netflix um, and a show that Netflix recently put on called The Circle. And if you haven't heard of The Circle, highly recommend it. Um, it's a game show where nobody gets to meet anybody, and all you see is a profile picture and you get a chat with them. And so there's eight contestants, and each contestant picks a picture, and what that means is some of them are catfishing and it leads to some hilarious hijinks uh reactions you start to form alliances and uh it's just a really good easy to watch show highly recommend it uh that's the circle on netflix give it a shot seinfeld thoughts here we are um and this really is more of a tea time where I'm just going to spill the tea on a couple coworkers, um, some behavior that I find weird. And uh, so less Seinfeld thoughts, but 
more just behavioral weird weird, weird things and oddities. Um, so there's two guys, both of them older developer types. Take that how you will. I'm not going to cast any broad nets, but um, the first one, let me paint you a picture of what this guy is. Uh, wears a fedora all the time. The fedora often matches his shirt and his shoes. Uh, and recently he told me uh, that they don't make fedoras in enough colors, so he has a hard time matching them. So what he does on his weekends is that he dyes his fedoras to match his shirts. And you're like, oh, that's weird. What kind of shirts are you wearing? Um, so he wears these bright yellow, bright pink uh, hats, shirts, and vans, all color-coordinated. And recently, driving down uh, the parking garage. So there's a parking garage. It's five levels. I usually get there so late that I have to park at the very bottom. No big deal. Just a couple, couple more minutes in the uh, car. But I'm going down, park my car, get out, grab my bags, walk into the elevator. I see this guy. And he's in a bright yellow Mustang, blasting uh, salsa dancing music at I would say if like the car's max is 50, it's at like 45. And singing along to it, it <laughs> I don't know what to do with that. So I just, I don't, I ignore him. I go up to the top. Um, some other hijinks by this, by this uh, particular person is that he sits really close to me. So the way our office is laid out is that there's pods of three. So there's me and two other teammates in a pod. And then there's another pod kind of close by us. And we're all kind of uh, centrally located around each other. But um, he's the one that happens to sit directly behind me. And uh, so recently he got a new girlfriend that he met at his salsa dancing classes. Um, he also, by the way, does salsa dancing. And he often tries to recruit people to come watch his concerts. Uh, terrible. Terrible just... Ah, yeah, maybe I'll uh, have to check my calendar on that one. <laughs> but met, met this girlfriend, and uh, about three days a week, there's a hour-long personal phone call to his girlfriend where uh, he talks about, you know, just how they met and different journeys they're on. And uh, it is, it's the worst thing to have to sit by and listen to. So I usually, uh, you know, pop in my my AirPods and and tune out. Uh, one time though, before he met his girlfriend, gets on the old uh, gets on the old iPhone and uh, asks a girl out. Hey, do you want to go do da da da? No. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> what? What are you supposed to do with that? And then I'm just trying to like you know, tunnel vision it so that he doesn't see me like paying attention or like I'm not looking over at him, but he, uh, <laughs> just the worst, but the cake topper, um, last Friday, I, uh, I gotta go to the bathroom. I, drink, I try to drink a lot of water, um, at work because I usually don't drink it anywhere else. So that means I gotta go to the bathroom often. Um, I go in to the urinal, go into the bathroom. Here's somebody talking on the phone in the stall. Uh, that's strange behavior. And 
And then while he's talking on the phone, he rips a huge, a huge fart. Toilet flushes next to him. So the person on the phone obviously knows he's in the bathroom. Hmm. Gets out, washes his hands, continues to talk and just leaves. And it's this guy. And I was like, I should have guessed that. And so I think, one, a few questions come to my mind. Is that a personal call where you're just ripping farts and flushing the toilet um, and don't care about what the person thinks? Is it a work call? Um, If it is a work call, is that an HR violation? You have to sit here and listen to somebody take a shit? Um, A lot of questions come to mind. But I, I think, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with this guy, but um, I think there's just some social awareness that he's missing. It's it's a disease, really. It's it's really like those people, um, you know, you, whether you're at Disneyland or some other crowded space that they're not aware of people walking around them and they just keep walking and you got to get around them and they just they they're unaware that there are other people around them and they just keep walking. It's like that, but for social like norms and this guy just doesn't have them. So let me know what you think I should do. Should I, should I call him out one time and just be like, Hey, the conference room is open. If you want to go in there and take your phone call or next time he's talking on the phone on the, on the, uh, toilet, maybe just, Hey, be quiet. Anonymously. I don't know. Something to think about. Open to your thoughts. Let me know. Um, so that's one guy, guy number two, <laughs> this, this story had me rolling, laughing. Um, actually it's, it's kind of sad for him, but, um, so we had a, a coworker, uh, got recently fired developer type, take that out of you well again, casting any nets, but, uh, so he just kind of disappeared one day and like, yeah, that was weird. Uh, but he talked really loud on his conference call, so I didn't mind it trying to figure out a few weeks later this ex-intern that used to work work there posted a, a blog post and it was titled do i need to see my co-workers d on his my on his vacation <laughs> so uh somebody this, this circulates somebody sends it to me and uh and so this guy, so this is, again, is like, obviously it's terrible. You shouldn't do this, but I'm just trying to like think of what this guy was thinking and why I thought it might be a good idea. So apparently the story goes like this. A friend requests a few people from work, uh, mostly girls on Facebook. And then he goes on a Miami Christmas vacation, uh, gets visits a nude beach, uh, snaps a few photos and shares those photos with a select group. And so this this girl that wrote the blog post posted, they were really darked out. You couldn't really see like the full uh, picture, but <laughs> there's a picture of him and it said, it's, he has a selfie stick and he's on this nude beach and he's taking a pose, a Captain Morgan pose with like one leg up, selfie stick out, pointing at him, then the beach behind him completely naked shares it on Facebook with only a select group of people. And, uh, I guess like thinks that that's going to be okay. 
Um, oh, man, what is going through this guy's mind? Does he think, like, somebody's going to look at that photo and be like, wow, I didn't know that. Like, let me get, let me reach out to this guy and uh, <laughs> really... Oh, man, I don't know. I don't know what people are thinking sometimes, uh, but it's it's unbelievable. So those are my two uh, tea time stories about my coworkers. Uh, Let me tell your thoughts if you have any weird coworker behavior. Uh, Maybe hop on the pod next time and share. Jumping straight from that into... Uh, I guess what we'll call NBA reactions, just things that happened last week that I want to address on the pod. Um, one of them is going to be Andre Iguodala, Iguodala, and the other is going to be All Star snubs. So, I uh, I'm kind of torn on this Andre Iguodala thing because uh, I know how I would feel if I was a Memphis fan. But I also want him to get bought out and come to the Lakers. And and I guess for those of you who don't know, um, Golden State Warriors traded Andre Iguodala, Iguodala, I don't know why I can't say that, to the Memphis Grizzlies so that they can make room uh, to trade for D'Angelo Russell. Um, Andre Iguodala then says, I'm not going to play for them. Uh, and Memphis says, all right, well, if you're going to have a terrible attitude, just just don't report. and We'll try to find the trade partner for you. Um and so they've been going this whole time trying to find a trade partner, uh, but they can't really find one for what they're looking for. And uh, and so this is kind of dragging on until the trade deadline. And um, what happens in the NBA is if you don't get traded and you're on an expiring contract, usually uh, the team will buy you out. And so they'll pay, pay you for the rest of your contract or a portion of the rest of your contract. And, um, and then you get a leave. So... That's kind of how it works, but Andre Iguodala then, as the trade deadline is happening, says, oh, I'll I'll sit out the rest of the season if I'm not traded to these few select places, because he's an older player, and he has enough cachet to say, oh, I want to go to these places, and these places will actually want him, and and so that's what he's doing. Uh, the problem is he's under contract right now and he's not playing. And, and if, if I take the perspective of the Memphis fan, I say, um, all right, well, why doesn't this guy want to play for me? This is, and luckily, you know, like I said, I'm a fan of the market that most people want to play for. So that's not really going to be a problem. But if you look at this from the smaller market perspective and say, well, that's kind of horseshit because we traded for you. You know, you'd be good to teach our young guys how to be professionals, which you got to have kind of a mix of young guys and old guys. But then Andre Iguodala is just like, no, you're still going to pay me $17 million and I'm not going to report. And um, all this is happening. So that's, I think that's kind of bullshit, to be honest, because if, I think if you don't show up and you don't pay play and you're not hurt, then you shouldn't get paid. And and if you're Memphis, what do you do? Uh, you don't tell them to report and play because you don't want them to have all these bad vibes a la Kevin Love with the new guys just kind of poisoning the pool. Um, but 
so then last night, uh, Dylan Brooks goes out and he says, I can't wait for him to get traded so that we could, so that we could, uh, play him and kick his ass, which I respect. I like it. That's what you want in one of your players is to say, I play for, for the Memphis Grizzlies. I'm proud of it. And next time we're going to play you, we're going to, you know, I don't know if that's going to be in the playoffs or wherever it is, but we're going to, we're going to take it to you. So much respect to him. And then it becomes a feud between Steph and all this stuff, which is, I don't really care about, but I just think that the Andre Iguodala angle, if, if he wasn't such a well-liked player and he was pulling this, uh, I think we would have a much different reaction than what I think the consensus is, which is just buy him out, just buy him out. Uh, And I think that's, that's not the right thing. Now, having said that, um, I want him to get bought out. So he comes to the Lakers, but just, (laughs) so, but I just still think it's bullshit that he's, that he's just not playing. He's getting paid and the Grizzlies are just kind of screwed. Like any player can sign a contract. Say, no, I'm not going to play unless you trade me. And the team is kind of at the will of the player because uh, they don't have a lot of options. I mean, I guess if I what I would do if I were them is I would stick it to them. And if I couldn't find somebody to trade it to them, just say, hey, you're under contract. Uh, you know, we couldn't find anything unless you want us to pay you half your salary for the year. You're just going to be on the Memphis Grizzlies. and We're not going to buy you out. And I, I, I would just do that as a smaller market to um, – send a message to people and just be like, this isn't okay. Um, and, and kind of do that. So that's my Andre Iguodala thoughts. Next, uh, wanted to get to all-star snubs. All right. This, this is a huge controversy, right? Uh, I've got a friend group that texts pretty often about basketball related things. Um, kind of bounce ideas off of them. Talk, talk betting, uh, potential trades. Who would I like to see where? Uh, and so this last week, they came out with the all-star team. And two of what these quote-unquote snubs were, were Bradley Beal and Devin Booker. Um, people's arguments were, these are the first people to average 27 points a game, or 25, or whatever they are, and not make the all-star team. And so what the, what these players do is they go out, they get their agents to go out. Uh, the Suns general manager goes out and the Wizards general manager comes out and all the, I think a girlfriend or a fiance came out and said it was BS that he didn't make the all-star team. And it's a little, it's kind of horseshit because and I'm cussing a lot. I need to pull it back. But, you know, the emotions are flowing. Uh, and I can't help it right now. So I'm just going to shoot from the hip. But I think it's, one, if you are an, an advisor to this person, not a good look uh, to come out and say, oh, I deserve to be an all-star team. Hey, listen, you're on the worst and the third worst teams with the Suns and the uh what's it called the wizards uh (laughs) so that's that's crap right uh so maybe if you had like 
get a couple of wins. See, the, the problem is when you're on a terrible team, the stats don't matter. Like, you look at the Knicks right now, and what's his name? Uh, Markeith, Marcus Morris, averaging 20 points a game. That Those numbers don't mean anything to me. If you're on a terrible team and you just have to take shots because nobody can create one, it's it's nothing. Look at Trey Young. I mean, if anything, I would say Trey Young shouldn't have made the All-Star team. But he had such a high fan vote that he got voted in um, because he's on that. He's on the worst team, too. He's on, not the worst team, but one of the worst teams. Um, and so I think the way – and this is historical how the way the All-Star game is picked. The top two teams in each conference usually get two stars. The second teams usually get two stars. So let's look at that. Los Angeles Lakers and um, the Bucks, Anthony Davis, LeBron James, and then you got Giannis and Middleton. Okay, let's go to the second two teams. Uh, I think the Clippers right now are in it. So then you got you got Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. And actually, I don't think Paul George even made it this year. I have to go check. But and then you go over to Denver, and they've only got one. So then already you've got three spots taken up. And then you go down the rest of the playoff rankings. Um, Oklahoma City got one. The Rockets got two. That's probably the one where you would say they don't deserve two, but... Um, when you've got superstars with name recognition and fans, they're going to get voted in. Uh, and deservedly so because they're in the playoff race. They're in fourth place. Um, and then you got Utah. I think Utah got Gobert in. And I'm not sure about Mitchell. But, again, they're in the playoff run. And when you're putting up stats and you're winning, that actually matters. Uh so that's one angle is like, all right, win some games, get your team into playoff hunt at least, and then, you know, you got a shot. And if you look at all the other teams in that aren't in the playoff hunt, you got the Spurs, didn't have any star or any all-stars. You got the Pelicans, uh, they got Brandon Ingram. Okay, whatever. And then you look at uh, the rest of them, and none of them got anybody in. Uh, I think that the one that stands out is – uh, Trey Young on you know, one of the worst teams in the league, and I don't know how he gets in, but uh, you know maybe play some defense, Trey Young. I don't know. I guess that doesn't count anymore, but counts for wins. So there's my all-star snubs. Actually, there's one more point, um, and uh, there's an influencer out there that reached out to me, uh, BT Grills for Reels, and. He, he he brought up a good point of all these people that are reaching out and saying, hey, all the best players aren't in the All-Star game anymore. Uh, how about have a better approach? You think Damian Lillard would have said that when he didn't make it? You didn't some of the better leaders of the teams? And maybe because you have this attitude that says, oh, I want, like, I deserve to be in the All-Star game, and it's not fair, and that – you should look at your your leadership strategy and say, hey, um, you know, maybe I didn't do enough. This I felt like I did enough, but maybe I didn't do enough this year. I'm going to go out and I'm going to work harder and, you know, get my team to win and have the humble approach. Uh, and next year, maybe you'll get in. Uh, but these guys took the 
approach of saying the all-star game is broken and, uh, you know, maybe we need to expand the list and all this stuff. It's, it's crap. And, um, I'm glad they didn't get in. Devin Booker sucks. Uh, yeah, that's my take. All right, I got to break it up again. Another ad for the cause here. Um, this next one's brought to you by Spotify. Uh, upgraded to Spotify Premium recently, and it's just an absolute pleasure. Uh, you don't really realize how annoying those ads are. So you're in the middle of something, you're really into the song, skips, and you got to listen to three ads. Uh, that sucks. And uh, I'm going to give a little shout out for somebody uh, you, may not have heard, you might not have listened to in a while. But I would like to rewind the tape and throw on a little Mike Jones. Who? Mike Jones. And, uh, you know, hit a little still tipping. You can always reach out to him and call him. It's 281-330-800-BOAT. I don't know if that number is still live, but give Spotify Premium a shot. All right, last thing that I want to do today, um, and I don't know, is this a long pod? Well, it can't be that long. I'm still driving, so. Uh, last thing I want to do today is the NBA big picture thoughts. Um, and so the NBA recently announced that they were going to do something in the All-Star game. And they claimed it as uh, they're doing this thing for Kobe, and where uh, in the All-Star game, the team with the highest points, you add 24 to that. And the first team to reach that point total wins. So, for example, if it's East 100 and West 96, the, this winning point total would be 124. And either of those two teams to make that, uh, that's who wins the game. So the, on the 124th, 125th point, uh, that team wins. And so the the origin of this, and you might have seen this on the TBT, the basketball tournament, the $2 million winner-take-all uh, tournament, they do a similar ending. And the, the origin of this is called the Elam ending. And so the goal of the Elam ending uh, there's, there's a professor, I think it was at Ball State or um, something like that, which makes sense. Basketball, Ball State, love it. Uh, he came up with an ending because, well, the goal of what he was trying to do was to get rid of the last three minutes of the basketball game. Because if you look at a basketball game, uh, a majority of the time, unless it's neck and neck and it's within one or two put points, uh, is going to be a lot of fouling, intentional fouling, putting people at the free throw line, a lot of timeouts. And so what that does is it makes the game less interesting. And so what he, his solution for that was at the three-minute mark, whomever is winning, so you would play a full game all the way up until the three-minute mark in the fourth quarter. And when that three-minute mark hits – it's the winning team score, or the, the team with the most points then, you add nine points to, and that is going to be the end of the game. And so this gets rid of uh, all the intentional fouling, because you wouldn't want to intentionally foul 
because that would help the team get closer to their goal. Um, and I like, as a thought experiment, this ending. Um, and I'll go into some thoughts about how I think it could be implemented. But if you go and you play, uh, you know, if you play a pickup game, you go to your local LA Fitness, you strap on your shoes, get your ankle braces on. This is how you're going to be playing. You play to 11, ones and twos, uh, and that's how it works. And almost every single time, it's going to be somebody, you know, you know, making a layup and doing all this stuff. And, and it makes the endings more exciting rather than this free throw shooting contest uh, and kind of taking care of the ball. Um, and what happens there is when you're up by a whole bunch, and this has happened uh, to me a lot, is you're up by, you know, nine to two or something. And everybody starts casting threes because they just want to finish the game. They want to get to that ninth point or that 11th point. And then what happens is the other team starts to get a little momentum. You got Big Mo on your side. You know what you do with Big Mo. You ride her to that victory. And so you have a lot of a lot more games where you can get these sequences where you get stops and scores and stops and scores. And then it gets real tight down the wire um, because then both teams have a chance to win. And so I like that because it, it brings you back to your roots of when you used to play and um, gets rid of a lot of the, the bad endings. Um, and so, <coughs> sorry. So I like that they're experimenting with this. I would like, in my ideal world, for them to do something with the midseason tournament where they just do this. They say, okay, first, first team to... What did I say? Take away three-pointers? No, I don't want to take away three-pointers from mid-season tournament. I would just say, okay, first team to 100 points wins. Go. And it would be interesting to see how team strategy and player, I guess, approaches at the end of games would change. Uh, because it's it's a new way of playing basketball. We haven't really put a lot of thought into it. It's just pickup basketball that we have. Um, and so I think that would be interesting. Uh, and I think that would be an interesting test uh, for this on a broader base. Because then, um, you know, you have something fun to watch the games. You have these highlights where people are hitting shots, to walk-off shots, basically, where every single game ends in a game winner. And, uh, you know, I really like that. I think it's cool. And, uh, just curious to see how it goes in the all-star game too. If there's a, you know, if it's tight at the end of the game, who do you give the ball to? Are you running a, uh, LeBron AD pick and roll all of you to finish the game? Dunk over Giannis. I like that. I like that a lot more than, uh, you know, just casting threes. So, I don't know. We'll see how it looks in the All-Star game, but I think it's an interesting uh, thought process, at least. An interesting goal that Professor Elam had. Um, All right, my last thing is, what do you do with these bad fit teams? 
Um, so the two that are jumping off off the paper at me as I look at it is the Dallas Mavericks and the Philadelphia 76ers. And the reason I say they're bad fit teams is not because I don't think they're good. The reason I say that is because whenever both of their two best players are playing, one of them suffers and they're not both playing at their peak. And I guess you could say that with any with any twosome, but it's just it's especially pronounced with these two. And so Luka Doncic has been out for the last three games. And Kristaps, and they've gone two and one in those games, so maybe they would have gone three and oh, I don't know. But Kristaps in those games goes for 35, 38, and 26. By far his best three-game stretch. Um and the team's doing well. They're responding. People are stepping up. Uh, and it's it's just interesting that w- then when Dante comes back, he's more to a pick and pop, spread the floor, get out of Luca's way type of thing. Um, and on paper, those two should fit really well. And so this gets me thinking about what do you do when you have these bad picks and they don't necessarily go. And the perfect example of that is actually the Sixers. Um, so Embiid's out for, I don't know, 10, 12 games. And the Sixers, their style looks different. It's more up-tempo. People are playing defense. They're engaged. And then Embiid comes back. Ben Simmons goes into a slump. Lane's too crowded. they got to slow down the pace to feed Embiid. Um, obviously two talented guys, but together they're not doing it. So what I say is I would give the Dallas one a little more time because I actually think that those two can work well. And even if Chris Stapps is not, even if he's not playing that well in terms of scoring output, I think he has a similar Steph-like thing where you can put him at center and let him cast seven, eight threes a game and it's going to spread the floor wide open for everybody and they can attack. And I think that's actually, you know, a net positive for them. Um, even though, you know, Kristaps isn't playing to his highest potential. The Ben Simmons thing, I, I would trade him. I would trade JoJo. I would trade Joel Embiid. Um, I thought that absence with Joel Embiid out and the team playing fast and have shooters and people that can dive and cut and he could find them and, you know, drive down into the lane and he could run pick and roll as a screener and then dish and find people on the short, short roll. Thought that was interesting. And, uh, and the other thing is, I just don't know. I think Joel Embiid, I don't know. I'm kind of, I'm kind of souring on him. Um, so, I don't know. I would try, I would I would split those two up, and I would get rid of uh, Joel and see what I can get because you can get you can get good pieces for Joel. Like I would say, you know, you trade him to the Wizards, Joel Embiid, get Bradley Beal in. You got Ben setting screens for Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal coming off shooting, dumping it to Ben, him coming downhill at you. That's a scary combo. Um, and you know, the other thing is the injury risk with Joel. He's always out of shape. He's always injured. And, uh, I just don't know what to do with him.
you know, I want more. He's not giving it to me. Ship his ass to Cleveland at best. All right, that's it. Um, another episode of the basket in the bucket, if you want to call it. Uh, next week, we're going to try to get a, a pod guest on. We had one scheduled today, uh, but mechanical issues couldn't make it. Um, let me know. Rating and reviews. Five stars, five stars.